Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. Coming to you at uh, the end of another lovely, lovely, lovely week. A week of uh, looking forward to Parashas Mishpatim. And we arrive here at the uh, conclusion of such an amazing week of Thursday night, Chomish and Shalons, and a week of unexpected surprises, unexpected for me. Um, I was not supposed to be here tonight for this Chomish year. I was actually, uh, my original plans were to be in Eretz I was not going to be here for the Mishpatim's Chomish and Shalons year. Um, my plans have been pushed off just a bit, postponed. Be'ezer Hashem Yisbarach this coming week. I, Hashem's infinite help, I will be uh, going to Eretz Yisrael. Um, so, um, an unexpected twist of Hashkacha, we are all here together tonight for Parshas Mishpatim. So, uh, let's discuss Mishpatim a little bit. Um, Mishpatim, a really, really big Parsha. I mean, you have almost everything in Torah is tucked into Mishpatim in some former aspect. Most of um, the basics of, of, of a big chunk of Shas is in Mishpatim. And you got Nashim here, you have Nazikin here. And as I once heard the uh, value of Baruch Finkel, Zechrein Levracha, one of the big Magiyah in the mirror was unfortunately Mr. Young. I once heard him say this by Shal Shudas Parshas Mishpatim as a Bach in the mirror. He said in, in, in Mishpatim, you have a big chunk of, 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 of Nazikin, like Kemat Olv, Nazikin is here, the basics of Nazikin, a lot of Nazim. And he said, and there's even a nice splash of Kotshim thrown in to make the briskers happy. As uh, Revelia Baruch Finkel once said. And he's right, there's, there's a, a Kotshim, a lot of Kotshim halachas are learned at from the end of the Parsha, Mishpatim, uh, Zvika's Dam, Kabbalah's Dam. They're okay with it. They're okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's They're okay with it. They're okay with it. No, no. Okay, no. Okay. Um, they say actually, I once heard uh, the Briskarov, you know, who he um, didn't have a formal yeshiva like his, um, you know, his sons, grandsons, and great grandsons do. But he started, you know, the, um, I mean, Reb Chaim did quite a lot of developing Kachim. Reb Chaim in, in Volazhin, I don't believe that Reb Chaim was saying Chaburz on, on Kachim when he was in Volazhin. Reb Chaim was Rashiva Volazhin, Skan Rashiva for Tekufa. I don't believe he was saying on Kachim there. Um, his son, the Briskarov, had a Chaburo. He would say, on, he had a cycle of Chaburo that he really, he and, and Reb Chaim together really developed Kachim, carved out Kachim. And the Briskarov really in his Talmud and with his you know, informal sort of um, chabura that, that sat, came to his dining room and learned with the Rizkarov for many, many years. He went to Kachim, but they said the Rizkarov had like a, a maxer that he went through. He would have like a cycle. He cycled through Zachim and Achis, a few other Kachim and and Baba Kamel. And that's what I, I heard this once. He went, Baba Kamel was part of his cycle. That's it, Baba Kamel. It was, it was Kachim and Baba Kamel. But uh, the Heintigas, they don't do this anymore in Brisk. The Rav Yeshua, Rav David Zechreiner Levracha, Rav T. Kaplan, it's Kachim and nothing but Kachim. Kachim 24-7. But anyway. Anyway. Because it was there. Because it was there. Because it was there. You know, what's the answer? People ask, why did he climb Mount Everest? What's the answer? Because it's there. No, people weren't learning it. It was being neglected. Okay, we'll, we'll break. We'll take a 30-second um, uh, interlude. To answer Rabbi Shmulevich's question, why, why, what's this with Kutchim, with Briskers and Kutchim? So, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said over here, but just uh, one or two quick things. 
um, it was undeveloped. You see, there's no Rishonim on Kachim. Come out, there's a Rambam. That's it. The Rishonim, um, there are Rayas, it happens to be, that, that like the Rajba refers to different places, his commentaries on Zvachim and Menachas. But we don't have it anymore because, you know, for most of the Darius of Klai Yisrael, Klai Yisrael was busy with the, the Nesachas that were more Negei Halacha Lamaisa, the ones that were needed for developing Shulchan Aruch and Psach Halacha. And, and um, we kind of lost Rishonim that, that were not on Kachim till the, you know, 1500s. Svarim had to be laboriously copied by hand. All the Rishonim had to be hand copied, hand copied, hand copied. So Klai Yisrael kind of, you know... Um, Did not pin Kachim down the same way Noshim Zikim was pinned down in terms of like hanging on to Rishonim. So there's a, a major dearth, a, a dearth exactly, exactly. There was a major dearth of, of Rishonim commentaries and Mefarshim on Kachim, and it was like that for generations. And the Briskers in innovating like a new approach to learning, which Reb Chaim really did. Reb Chaim came along innovating a whole analytical approach. Which was, he wasn't the only one in his generation, but this was part of the revolutions of Reb Chaim's generation, um, innovating this new approach, Lumbus and, and Tzvedinim, and breaking things down, the analysis and Nafkaminas. So, Kachim was kind of undeveloped territory. It was an undiscovered country. That's what Kachim was. And there was room to go and just say Mahalchim, and say, and say Torah, and say Yesodis, and say Hanachis, and to, it, it was, it was a challenge and an opportunity to, at the same time, develop what was undeveloped. It was, that's what it was. The undiscovered country, the undeveloped frontier, the final frontier, maybe. There's no final frontier in Torah, because there's always frontiers waiting for every single one of us. As the Gemara tells us, so there's always what is waiting for us, but in terms of uh, just a whole miktai, a whole, a whole subject of Torah, it was very attractive, and... Um, and uh, Okay, there you go. Malkimi Nikulanu, the scattered boy, right? Malkim the scattered. Anyway, anyway, the uh, seder. So this is uh, getting back to the the the, the parsha. So we have, as we said, there's Nashim, there's Zikin. There's a little bit of Zroim here also, right? Shemitah comes into Mishpatim, Kachim, and a very, very, very central parsha. Very, very, uh, you know, mamish a a a, a uh, parsha which so many Masechtas return to. And many of the dinim of the parish are also benam lechaveroi dinim, you know, interpersonal. And it's interesting that in terms of the, you know, you think something is so packed, get packed with dinim, halachas, sidre hashas, and halachas that are benam lechaveroi halachas. So of all the places to begin with, we, we begin with Ebed Ivri, which is a little unusual. A little unusual in that, um, how often does this come up? Like, how many Avadim Ivrim were there already? Forget about nowadays, where it's nearly defunct. No, not entirely, but nearly defunct. Um, even in the times of, of, of the Gemara, the times of the Beis Hamikdash, there's like, I, I, I know, I'm saying, I, I, unfortunately, I, I would like to be able to prepare present myself as a spokesperson who can say in all of Shas it only appears whatever I'm not one of these people that can do that and that can tell you that in all of Shas it only appears whatever amount of times but you can google these things nowadays so even if you don't you're not walking around with all that in your brain 
you can Google it, but I know of one place that Evidivri is mentioned in Shaz. I, I, I know of one place. I don't know offhand of more than one place. doesn't mean there aren't more than one place. There's got to be. But I, 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 what I remember in my head, what I have filed away is there's one place. What? I'm talking about Evidivri, by the way. Not Evidivri, even Evidivri. How many times do you see Evidivri? There's the famous Evidivri from Gamaliel. Right? Seder. Even Evidivri, you hardly see. But Evidivri, what was that? I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Noi B'Shaz by Shining. In the Tukuf of the Gemara Tanoim. You don't need Yoival. I'm sorry. Yoival is one of the Yitzis of an Evidivri, but it does not totally, right. The Kinyan Evidivri is not totally in the Yitzi of Yoival. Correct. 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 So it's just interesting. Like, uh, all the Nizke Baba Kama, Nizke Mishpatim, that's all very Nagay nowadays. Shor, Bor, Mava, Hever. All these things are very, very, very Nagaya. So, and anyone, uh, Rabbi Aronson, anyone else that makes use of Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein, Svarim, for, uh, you know, the Mishmor groups and teaching kids or teaching, you know, discussions at the Shabbos table, see how relevant, Lamaisa, Niske Bor, Niske Shor, these things are, are very, very, very relevant nowadays. <laughs> and yet we begin with Evid Ivri. Mishpatim, which is so much about Beinonim Chaveroi, which is about Dine Mominus, interpersonal damages, torts, and, and responsibility, begins with something that's that's a little um, peripheral, peripheral a, a little, um, um, this is what I'm looking for, aside from peripheral, um, a little um, abstract, a little not so practical, more theoretical than practical. What's the chat? So let's start with that, just speak out a quick idea over there in Evidivri. So the idea is really, Torah wants to begin to name Mominus and Ben Amachaver with a, with a critical yesoid. And what's the one thing we learned from Eved Ivri? The one thing we learned from Eved Ivri is the transience of ownership. The lack of permanence. The lack of permanence. And Eved Ivri hits the ground telling us, look, you want to buy an Eved Ivri, you got to know, first of all, he's only Sheishonim Yavod. He's only working for you for six years. Uvashonashviz. He's going home, whether you like it or not. Regardless of the of the of the of the uh, productivity you got from him, regardless of how good of a worker he was, he's going home. He's walking home. You can't have him for more than six years. The Omar Yoimar, let's say he wants to extend his contract, so you bring him Now he works forever, but not forever. The Gemara tells us Rashi quotes. Even if he extends his contract, it's not going to be told, not going to be past Yoival. And not, not chat that he works for 50 years. He works till whenever Yoival is, whenever the shot clock's going to be up. If you happen to buy this guy three years before Yoival, then he'll go free with Yoival. Even if he didn't complete, complete a six. You bought him eight years before Yoival, he finishes the six and he says, Omar, Yoimar, I'll have to, as I want to extend my contract. Only two more years is all you're going to get. Whenever Yoival hits, he goes back. He goes home. And what looks to be something that should be permanent. He wants to be contracted labor. I want to buy his mice a dime. I want him forever. No. There's limitations. There's a cap. Six years till Yoival and that's it. There's no going beyond that. And this is the lesson that we begin the parsha with. The lesson is transience. The lesson is... Kinyonim are transient. Possessions are fleeting. 
What I have in my bailus is illusory. It looks like it's mine. I think it's mine. But you know what? The Rebbeisham marches in and says, Kili b'nei Yisrael avodim. Avodayhem v'loy avodim la'avodim. Kili b'nei Yisrael. Everything's really mine. Everything's really mine. I let you have a fleeting, very passing, very momentary uh, bailus, ownership on what's out there. But, but it's, it's really more illusory than solid. You think all this stuff is yours. You think all these possessions are yours. You know, it's going right through your fingers. And ask anyone that deals with mominous, with numbers, with big numbers. The bigger numbers you deal with, the more you see this, how things just pass right through the fingers. We make a big fundraiser for the shul. Yabar Hashem or Atera raises big bucks. That's right. And it's time for another one. How quickly does this money just go fly, slip right through our fingers? It just goes from point A to point B. You know, I... I was hanging on to it, but suddenly I need to pay the rent, the electric bills, the electrician bills, the plumbers, the rent, the plumbers again, the rent again, the challenge, and, and mamish slips right through your fingers. I remember when we were living in Eretz Yisrael. Landlords in Eretz Yisrael get paid in cash. That's the way it is. Whether they're Israeli, American, American, Israeli, you pay them in cash. As I this, checks, no, direct deposits, no, 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 cash. Everyone gets paid in cash. So for 20 years in Eretz Yisrael, for mamish for 20 years, we had four different landlords over those 20 years. L'chaim. Rabbi Yisrael is L'chaim. L'chaim. <coughs> Once a month for 20 years, I was I had to go, make out a check, get a nice wad of cash, and give the landlords. For, so for, let's say, a few hours, I had every month in my possession a nice chunk of cash, a nice wad of cash. And I got to experience that for a few hours. And it, goes right through you, right through you, and you see how money comes from here and goes through your hand somewhere else. Now, the problem is we don't always get that lesson. And, and we don't always have clarity in that. And we want to believe that our money is ours. We want to believe, it's ours, it's fast, it's permanent. And this really gives rise to what? This attitude, this attitude of uh, an attachment to my money, permanence, with my money, a relationship, an attitude towards my money of, you know, this is mine, this is fast and keshina, that leads to, in, in fact, much of mishpatim. Much of mishpatim is about teveh v'nitva, is about, is, about, is about litigation, is about claimants, is about, is about um, defendants. Much of Baba Kam is about that, the teveh and the nitva, the guy with the claim and, the, and defendant against the claimant. And the Tevei V'nitva come very often when there is a, 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 a imbalance in my attachment to my money, in my relationship to my rechush, to my possessions, and when I get a little bit too caught up in it, when I don't have that understanding of Leiva Moisa Yikachakol's transience, and there's a reason Chazal called Metaltalin, Metaltalin. And Metatalin means they're mobile. They're in motion. And the Gemara itself says this statement by, you know, what, what was the basic currency in the times of the Gemara? The Zuz. Excellence. And the Gemara says, why, why are they called Zuzim? Because they, they're Zuz. They move from Ruve to Shimon to Levi to Yehuda to Yisachar to Zvulun, etc. They're in motion. Money's in motion. Like that envelope of cash that went right through my hands. I used to, Mamish was, Mamish, I mean, every single month. The money was going through my hands. Mamish passing through my hands. Zuzim. Zuzim. They Zuz. They're, they move. They're in motion. When I get this, when I understand this, so much of mishpatim is actually 
offset and preempted, you know, chill out a little bit, chill out. Money's here to be used. Money's here to, to tack it to go through your hands. That's what it's all about. Not here to build up huge accounts. The fundraiser's there to go for the expenses. Okay, it's Hashem. To make sure that the money, we have always enough money in the bank to pay for those expenses. As Hashem is Baruch. Chaim Tov Lusham, to Shev, to Machinus, to always enough money to the, in the accounts. Always. But we don't need more. More than that in the, in the, in the accounts. We need enough. 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 And when we get that, again with Klorkite, so much of Mishpatim is offset. And that's why the Torah begins. Mishpatim with every There's something called Chavshi. There's something called There's something called things leaving, exiting. Evidently is all about Yitzis. It's all about exits. And Evidently and Am Avriya are all about, again, The Torah is Madgash again and again and again. The Yitzis, and, and, and the Sukkis and Kedushan always talk about the Yitzis. The exits, the departures. The Yotza Ishta Imai, the Yetzel Lachav Shechinam, the Yotza Chinam and Kosef. Yotza, Yotza, Yitzi, Yitzi, Yitzi. Again and again and again. The Lushanis we find by Evadivri and Amadavir are all about Yitzis, because it's there that teaches the non-permanence, the transience. You know, it's all just Taka passing through, passing by. Even things that I believe are really mine are illusory. It was given to me by the Rebbeinu to really be distributed to my kids, to people around me. And when we get that, the Yatzachinam Ein Kasef, that that is the preemption, the preemptory antidote for for much of Mishpatim. So this is why the Torah begins Mishpatim with Avdivi, which is all about Yitzis, Yitzay Lachavshi, the Gapa Yitzay, Yatzachinam. This is the limud. Okay, so a very powerful limud for us. Money is here to be spent, Rabbi Yisai. Money is there to be spent. And people have a hard time with this lesson. You see people that have a crank kite. There are people that ha- have an illness in this area. That Money is there not to be spent. Money is there to be, to be hoarded, right? So, so we're not talking about, I'm not talking about people who don't have money. There's people who don't spend it because they don't have money, right? But there's people who have money and have a crank kite, an illness that... Push it's difficult for them to take out money to give to their wife, to give to their kids, to give to the people collecting, because there's an illness. There's a, that's an illness. That's an illness. Money is here about, it's about Yitzis. And when we have that illness, then chas then we're, we're, we are sitting ducks for mishpatim, for vikuchim, for debates. Ma'alva and loiva, toivei and nitva, and niske shor, niske chamor. Niske chamor. Niske chamor. Shor, bor, ma'ave, hever, regel, all the above. Um, we're just sitting ducks because we didn't get the lesson of Evadiri. We start with Evadiri to teach us that it's all about Yitzis. Zuze. It's us. Okay. So, 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 so within the topic of Evadiri, there is uh, something else to talk about, which is very interesting. It says, in the beginning of the parasha, we can see this together, if anyone has a chumash in front of them. The third parasha, the parasha, if the Evadiri arrives single, then he has to leave single. What does that mean? He leaves single? If he arrives without a wife, he leaves without a wife. What does that mean? Uh, if he takes a wife long, he's a slave, he does not leave with her. No, that's not... Well, what do you mean by a wife? What do you mean by a wife? There's a halacha that, that an adon is allowed to give an Ebed Ivri a shifcha kenanis. He can give her a shifcha kenanis to, to produce children. And that's part of the functions, the duties that an Ebed Ivri performs is that he sires... Little avodalach for the for the other he produces avodim he's allowed to do that 
And Ebedibi has this, a Shifcha Kananis is like a pseudo quasi miktas um, Jew, not fully a guy, not fully a yid. She's a Shifcha Kananis, she's like halfway there. So a free person can't make Kedushan with you, can't marry her. And Ebedibi is mother to her. There's a yichud, they're miyachad, he's miyachad as, as like a companion, okay. But um, it's not a real marriage, it's a, uh, a pairing, a pairing to produce kids. <coughs> produce that kid, and those kids are avodah. Those kids have the status of an evidence. They go, have a kanani, have a kanani. They follow the yichus of the mother. So this halach is saying, like, this pasuk is really teaching us, Vagava Yavad, Vagava Yates is teaching us that the only time the master is able to give the evidence. A shivcha kananis is if he arrives already married. But if he if he comes already with a wife, a proper Jewish wife, then you can give him a shivcha kananis to produce children. If he comes single, then you can't get a shivcha kananis. Really? Now, what's the to speak at Agav? What's the reason behind this? The Mefarshim say a very insightful and um, fundamental reason. <coughs> we don't want this. Avodibri is a is a is a yid. He's a yid that just contracted his labor for six years, he's exclusively contracted out to somebody for six years. That's really what an evidence is in Lambdas. Um, if he's not married yet, we, we don't give him a shifcha kanas because we don't want his first experience in ishus, in, in, in companionship, to be a shifcha kanas, who is, who is um, coming from a different realm, coming from a different place, a different environment. If he's already married, he has a solid, established married, marriage with a yidna, then we give him a shifcha kanas. What? Marion got divorced. It's still Begapo Yava. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So either the Vardas, we still want him to have that Shmir, that protection from an Ezer Kinegdai, or this may be one of those areas where we have the Hashkafa, but sometimes there can be, you know, a Yotzim and Akhlaut to the Hashkafa. We find very, very often by many mitzvahs, there's the, the Rishon tells the Hashkafa behind the mitzvah, but you can have, like, every mitzvah has Gedarim, sometimes you have the Gedar mitzvah, sometimes we'll overstep that a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, right, it's always like that. We know that there's, there's, there's hashkafa behind all the mitzvahs. But sometimes the mitzvah is set up in a way that if I want, I can like, you know, defy the hashkafa if I want, right? So it's one of two answers to your question. But I, I, I um, in any case, um, al so that's the halakha, that the master only gives the, uh, the, the Evakanani, Evid, every Shukhakanani, if he was already married. If he wasn't, if he was, if he's single, he's, if he's single when he comes in, he doesn't get a Shukhakanani. Okay. Now, what's the second half of the Pasuk? There's Pasuk Gimel over here. Perich Hafal, Pasuk Gimel, the third Pasuk in the Parsha. Imbal Ishahu, if he comes and married to a regular Yidna, he came in already married, excuse me, Viyato Ishto Imai, his wife leaves together with him. His wife leaves with him. Now, Rashi asks the obvious question, what does it mean when his wife leaves with him? His wife was never an Ebed, only he was an Ebed, right? We're talking about a guy who's already married, but he sells himself as an Ebed because he, either he stole something, he has to pay it off, or he's, 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 he's hard-pressed for cash. What does it mean his wife leaves with him? So let's see Rashi. V'yata ishta imai. Asks Rashi the kasha. V'chimi hichnisa shetetzei. At what point did his wife become a slave that now she has to leave with him? Ella. Magadah kasev. The Torah is coming to teach us over here. What does it mean that his wife leaves with him? The limud is, the teaching is, shakayna evid ivri. One that buys an evid ivri, you're getting much more than an evid ivri. You are obligated to support his wife and children. If I buy Nevid Ivri and he comes married with kids, you got to know something that you're signing up to support his wife and his kids 
while he is in your service. So he is in your service for the next six years, but you have to, you know, um, pay their their house of kosher bill. You have to pay the, for for the you know the uh, the the, the is it's the mezoyin. You don't have to pay the rent. You don't have to pay for the other expenses, but you do have to pay for the. You have to support the wife and the kids. Okay, so far so good. So interesting halach here from Rashi that you, you really have to be determined to have this evidivri. You really have to want to have this guy. It has to really be worthwhile for you because if you get an evidivri who is married with children, you will have to be supporting his wife and kids when you get that evidivri. So far so good. So, Kumta Chayz, it comes out based on what she's saying. What does the Pazik mean when it says his wife goes free together with him? What does that mean, really? It means the master is freed from the, from the responsibility of supporting the wife and kids. That's what it means. He's released from that responsibility. When the evidivery is there and working for him, the other has, the master has a responsibility to the guy's family. When the evidivery leaves, He's released from that responsibility. That's what it means that the wife leaves with him. So far, so good. That's the, plugging it back in the Pasuk. Very nice. The problem is, that we have to ask this question, we have to be bold and brave enough to ask this question, does it really plug back into the Pasuk? So we get the fact that the master is released from the obligation. The Odoin is released from the obligation to support this guy's wife and kids. We get that. But if that's really what's going on, it should say that the, the master goes free. No? Who, who's going free? The master goes free. The master is the one that was released from the obligation. The master was Meshubin. He was the one that was, that was, that was, that was, that was, um, you know, tied down with this. He was the one that was committed. The master was committed to the family of his slave. The master is the one that was, that was Meshubin to them. So if the Torah is going to allude to that, the Torah should allude to it, <coughs> excuse me, by saying, the master goes free. The master was released from that obligation. At the end of the day, how do you read this back into the Yatza That his wife leaves with him. She, she was never indebted to anyone. She was never at anyone's behest. She was getting supported for the last six years. Her Makola bill was getting paid for the last six years by this guy. She's not leaving. The master's leaving. How does it go back into the Pasuk? How does it read back in Rabbi Say? The length of the Pasuk. How do you read the Pasuk? It doesn't go back into the Pasuk of the Pasuk. It's a nice drasha and it's a salad halacha, but how do you read it back into the Pasuk? Just like this. Torah is teaching us such an unbelievable yesoid that goes way beyond slavery, way beyond abdus, that goes into Isha's, that goes into marriage. Marriage, life, and livelihood. The Odoin is chayv to support the wife and kids when the mass, when, when, when her husband is inevitably for six years. But why? Because he's not working. That's a good starting point. But it's much more than that. Much more than that. When the husband is an Evid Ivri for six years and he's married, his wife, to a certain degree, is also an Evid Ivri. If he's enslaved, she's also enslaved. If he has this job for six years, totally beholden to someone else, and the complete behest for someone else, if he has a job that's very demanding and very grueling and very exerting for six years, to a certain degree and to a large degree, she really has the same job. She really has the same job. 
If the husband is Meshubid, she's Meshubid. If the husband is beholden, she's beholden. If the husband is tied up with this job, she's also tied up with this job. Why is that? Because whether we like it or not, Rabbi Yisai, you know, the age-old advice goes, you tell everybody, what, what's the, one of the best show and vice tips you can give anyone? Don't bring your job home with you. Don't bring your job home with you. you ever, anyone ever heard that before? Don't bring your job home with you. And that's married men know this and violate this all the time. And single people know this and say, yeah, I can't wait to get married. So, so I have, you know, I, uh, don't violate this, right? Getting ready to be a good chassin, a good husband. And as the Shemiz Baruch, all the single pres- people present over here will be zeicher. To be chazadim very, very, very soon, and be able to break all the good principles that they learned. But everybody knows this rule. You can't bring, you don't bring your job home with you. You don't bring your job home with you. Your job is your job. Your married life is your married life. Work stays at work, at the workplace. Home, it takes place at the home place. It's a joke, Rabbi. It's a joke. It's a joke. Total joke. Why? If somebody has a job that they hate, if someone has a job that they loathe, if someone gets, gets, gets trampled on as a workplace and he's not working on his self-esteem, on his self-confidence to be able to endure it, he's going to bring that cloud of gloom and doom with him home every single day. If he feels that his job is rotten, then when he comes home, the home is rotten. If he feels very dissatisfied with his workplace, his work environment, his boss, his employees, his co-workers, their, his salary. His salary, yeah, I guess it's also, yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> Mominus, getting back to Mominus again. If he's dissatisfied with all of the above, including his salary, maybe especially his salary, that comes home with him regardless. It's not shayich. Not shayich to, to, to not drag that into the house. That's going to show up when he comes home. And the way things work is that, you know, a, a wife is an Asia's Chayel and she's the bias. She is the bias that he comes home to. She is that environment. And when he brings home dissatisfaction, unhappiness, and toxicity from his workplace into the bias, she absorbs that because she's the bias. She's going to absorb that. And regardless of how much we hear this aphorism, you don't bring work home with you, it'll come home with him. And it'll affect her and bring her down. And his gloom and his doom will go right into his wife who will internalize it. And then, not only the work... Is, is bad and the job is a rotten job that home front becomes rotten too as much as he wants to avoid it but he comes home rotten and upset and unhappy it gets absorbed by the bias his wife is the bias it seeks it seeps and gets absorbed right into the walls of the house in Evid Ivri you know doesn't have such a gishmaka existence it doesn't have such a gishmaka existence he is beholden to someone else's whims, wishes, and fancies, we're 24, 7, times 365, times 6. Mishnah, he works double, he has a day job and a night job. Again, when appropriate, he's producing Avonim Kananim at night. He's Meshubah during the day, he's Meshubah at night. Yavadi gets to see his wife, he gets to see his kids. It's not like he's only 
you know, he's away from the home for six years, he does get to go home. But it's a very, very draining, very grueling, very difficult work environment. That comes home with him. Six years of being mishubed to somebody else, of being beholden to someone else, comes home with him for those six years. His wife is also to a certain degree enslaved for six years. He's a slave for six years. His wife is also, by extension, a slave for six years. And this is A, part of the reason and the rationale why the Torah says you have to support that wife, because it's not just the husband that's your Evid Ivri, it's the wife that's also. She is also absorbing and internalizing everything that's going on with her husband. He does bring his work home with him, whether you like it or not, whether he, whether, 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 whether he is working on this Sean Bice advice or not, he brings it home with him. And if he's enslaved, but by extension that she's enslaved as well, it goes into the bias. And she's the bias. Gets absorbed. A, that's why he has a supporter. And B, when the six years are over, the Yatza Ishta Imoy. She's going free now also. The Pusik makes perfect sense. It's Pashup Shat Mamish. He goes free, she goes free. She's also going free. Because she, to a lesser degree, but a significant degree, was by extension and a slave together with her husband. Because whatever's going on in his job, in his workplace, comes back right home to her. She's going free, she's released from this as well. Uh, uh, awesome. Eisenhower, you saw it over here. It makes perfect sense to say, she's going out as well. And Rabbi Yisai, bringing this back to us, as we said, it's not just Yisai in Avodim, it's Yisai in life and it's Yisai in livelihood. You know, it's one thing to say, yeah, I don't bring my work home with me. But if you have, uh, someone has a rotten job, you have to know that they will come home with you. That foul, rotten mood will come home with you. If there's nothing you can do about it, no, there's nothing you can do about it. Your wife is just going to have to suffer and she will suffer. Okay, but there's nothing you can do about it. you got to pay the bills. You signed the Ksuba. Right? It says in the Ksuba, you're going to support her. There's nothing you can do about it, nothing you can do about it. But if there's something you can do about it, you got to do something about it. you got to do something about it. To the best of our capabilities, a Yid has to have a, a Parnassan occupation that he's happy with. If you're capable of doing it, you got to do that. And if you can't make yourself happy with your job, if you are you can't switch to a job that you're happy with, learn a Messias Yasharim. Learn Chayvas Havavas. Learn Orchat Sadiqa. Make yourself happy. Figure out how to make yourself happy. Go to Uman for a few weeks. That's right. Make yourself happy. Figure out how to make yourself happy. Because if you come home in a foul and mood, your wife is enslaved to the same exact slavery that you are. And there's no way of separating it out. Not Shaykh. She's the bias. You're bringing toxicity home to the bias. A yid has to make sure, you know, there's another aphorism. You just find a job that you enjoy. Find a job that you love. Right? Everyone, Anyone heard that one? But there's two reasons for that. A, so you enjoy what you do. And B, so you bring happiness and and sunshine and, 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 and sunbeams and care bears. You want to bring care bears back to the house. Not what's the opposite of the care bears? The, the, um, Scare bears? Maybe. There's the care bears and, I don't know, the, the bears of doom. The bears of havoc. The bears of chaos. The bears of Armageddon. You don't want to bring the bears of Armageddon back with you, right? That's what's going to happen. It's either care bears or bears of, of Armageddon. And when you have a job that you hate, you're going to bring that back to the house, the toxicity. 
when you find a new job, your wife is released together with you. A yid has an achrais to find a job that he loves, not just for his own sake, but for his wife's sake. And if you can't find that job, you got to learn something. you got to be doing avodas hamidas to make yourself figure out how to love it, how to, how to see the positivity. And this is another reason why, you know, everybody knows how important it is to start off your, your, your marriage with learning. Start off your marriage in Kyle, start off your marriage with Torah. One of the reasons for this is that the marriage, the bias, when you're founding your bias, found it with nothing but light and happiness and gishmak and ruchnius. You know, you, you have a, a Yiddish privilege to sit and learn. You bring that back to your house the first year, two, three years of your marriage, however many years you're going to do that, you're bringing harmony, happiness, hope, and 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 lichtikite to the house. Because you're, you're involved in an occupation which is nothing but light, nothing but lichtikite, and everything that, 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 that's amazing and wonderful, and gishmak, uh, and that's what you're bringing back to the bias. That's what you're bringing back to the bias. That's from the reason, it's not the only reason, obviously, but from the reasons why it's so beautiful and amazing to, for a yid to be able to start off his marriage with learning in Kailo is again, your profession, your umness, comes back to the ass whether you like it or not. And if you're privileged to sit and learn for a few years after you're married, that geschmack and that, that enthusiasm comes back to the house as well. And you're founding your marriage, your bias, your, your wife who, who forms the Framework of the bias is being founded with with that with that lichtigkeit, with that geschmackheit, with that with that fondness and that, and that appreciation. Yeah, good. That's the bottom line in the viata ishta imay. And um, traditionally, usually we go a few minutes overtime, but. Uh, one more thing to speak at, but uh, it's, it's nearly time for Mayrev, so I think we have one more minute to Mayrev. So, I think we'll wrap up over here. Is that okay with the Eilam? We weren't supposed to have Mishpatim at all. What, a question? A question. No, this is being Maisif on Rashi. This is building off of the Rashi. Wait, wait, so let me build up, so just in summary, in summary, so here's how we'll, we'll burn off the extra minute, right? We can't stop early. <laughs> anyway, um, Rashi says, Vyasa Yishayimai teaches us that you have to support the guy's wife. So we're going weiter beyond that. It, obviously, for Vyasa, that there's a Yitziah, and you have to support the wife. Why? Because the wife, when he's enslaved, the wife is enslaved. When he's tied up, he doesn't have a job. The wife also is, is tied up by that the entire time. That's why you have to support it. But why is that called a Yitziah? At the end of the day, why is it called Yitziah? Recognizing the fact that you have to pay the wife, why is it called Yitziah? Terrence is, when he's enslaved, she, she, she mamish is enslaved, because he brings his job home. And that's ultimately why you're paying her, supporting her, because she's just as Meshub as he is. He brings all that Avdus back home with him. And she absorbs that as the bias. So you, you definitely have to pay her. You have to recognize and pay her because she's part of the Avdus. And when he leaves, she's leaving together with him. Okay, so Rabbi said, we have, we all have an obligation to find a job that we're happy with. Job satisfaction. Because if we don't have that satisfaction, there's no way to leave your job at home. You're going to come home, bring that gloom and doom and unhappiness back home. And a yid has to find that job that's going to come back to the house with happiness and care bears and not the bears of Armageddon. And if you find yourself schlepping home the bears of Armageddon, go learn a Muslim safer and transform them from bears of Armageddon to care bears. Yeah, question.